0: This week, Father Paul begins his reading of Genesis chapter 26 by pointing out what so many miss and thus misread Paul. You are blessed not only because Abraham trusted God, but because he obeyed his voice. I am delighted to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Okay, 26. Very important chapter because. We have the establishment. You move to expanding a statement that was done in the previous chapter regarding Isaac, where we hear that God gave all he had in 25 5 to Isaac, but the sons of his concubines, Abraham, gave gifts. And while he was still living, he sent them away from his son, Isaac. So it's an expansion in which sense Isaac is special, or the way we heard in chapter 22, Yahid, one of his kind. And the author very smartly applies a story that we heard before at least once, Abraham and Abimelech if not twice because the story of Abraham and Pharaoh is also linked to a famine and to his lying about his wife as being his sister coming here to a head with Isaac so you could see it's intentional it cannot not be intentional three times famine and you go to a Inamicable country, you know, where you have to fight your way and so on. Now, to go back to the first stories of Abraham, one has to be careful not to say, well, he went to Pharaoh and he did the same story with Abimelech. No, the story of Abimelech is a judgment on Abraham. I mean, the first one was already a judgment, but a softy one. Well, he went to Egypt, there was a famine upon his arrival, and he lied to Pharaoh, but ultimately, grandmother was saved, and so on. But the second one, you cannot say, oh, it's a repeat and you pass. No, the second one is making fun of Abraham. That it is after he realized he was an old man, and Sarah, did not have her menstruation and they both laughed of laugh God and he gave them Isaac and then he tested them in chapter 22 then after the circumcision and the laughter and Isaac the story of Abraham and Abimelech is in 20 and 22 which is silly why should you lie? I said, uh, nothing can happen if Abimelech sleeps with Sarah, she's not going to conceive for him, unless you are North American. North American but the sex and the sex—I mean, sex with ninety-year-old—is making fun of Abraham. And notice how God makes sure to test him in Genesis 22. So the story of Abraham and Abimelech is in 20 and 21, and then the test so all this for me it is important and at the time when you were supposed to have been done with that you're struck again but it is woven against isaac with a specific vocabulary and here one has to be careful and not say well it's the same story and uh, because you have the same names even with the Gerar and Barsheba, and so on, it's like a repeat. However, however, and that is very important, and the however means that we have to hear it as it is written. Notice the beginning there was a famine in the land besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. So the author is already preempting. The classic shortcut theological approach, it's the same story, but applied to Isaac. No, it's a different famine. And it's a test for Isaac. And Isaac went to Gerar, already you know what Gerar is. You heard it in 10 and in 21 and then Abimelech, king of the Philistines. It's a repeat of the story, but it's not the same person as in the case of Abraham in Egypt and with Abimelech. And Egypt is brought to the fore. Again, this is intended especially to Richard, who asked me about Egypt and Assyria. Suddenly, and the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. So, intentionally, he is forcing you to remember not the story of Abraham and Abimelech, but also the story of Abraham and Egypt and Pharaoh. It's not because I say so, it's because the text is inviting me. and then he uses the verb shakan to dwell as though you would dwell in a place to stay in it but it's a tricky verb because it is the same verb as the one used in conjunction with a tent you have it reflected in the Shekinah, the presence of God in the tent, is from the root Shakan. Now, if you compare with 20, verse 1, which applied to Abraham, you have Wayeshib and Hiyashab between Kadesh and sure, and it ends with Wayagur Bigar. very interesting that he sojourned as an outsider, as a sojourner, and you could see the play on the name of the place. This is very much like the play between the verb Nad and the land of Nod in the story of Cain, to wander in a land of wandering. Now, uh, that is untranslatable, unless you hear it in the original. And verse 3 confirms that this is the intention of Shakan in verse 2 dwell in the land of which I shall tell you but in verse 3 you have sojourn in this land okay gur baaretz hazot which is very strange if you are already in the land how could the verb be gur like be a wanderer in this land But again, if you want to answer it philosophically, uh, go to a university in Northern Europe. But it doesn't help my case. The feel, remember, I'm not saying the feeling, the feel is that you have to consider this place as your place, even if you have to be always a wanderer for it, and don't you ever leave it when there is no bread to go and find bread somewhere else. Otherwise, and you know my joking expression, if you want, this time you will not go to Babylon the way you went down to Egypt. I shall kick you out from the land and send you to Babylon and here again in theology we say it's a repeat the same thing it is not the same thing if you hear the story of the going down to Egypt compared with the story of the people being exiled into Babylon it is not the same thing You have the Prophets in between. So this is a very powerful text and it is addressed to Isaac in the same doubling of Shakan and Gur and then he will tell him, if you do that I will be with you and will bless you for to you and your descendants I will give all these lands and I will fulfill hakimuti. I shall make stand. This is the same verb that you, we use to speak about raising from the dead. So here again, this original verb is very important. We still have it in Arabic. Kama and aqama to raise. The oath which I swore to Abraham. I will multiply your descendants. Notice how the Lord repeats verbatim the oath as the stars of heaven and will give you to your descendants all these lands and by your descendants all the nations of the earth shall bless themselves. It's a different verbal form but it is linked with being blessed. And notice how the movement is from families, in chapter 12, to nations. So the text is already looking forward to the exile among the nations. And this is to the hearing, you just hear that there it's families, and here you have nations. And you have a twist in the verbal form from the same original which is Barak so very important but then and this is the culmination which the people miss and that's why they misunderstand Paul notice because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge my commandments my statutes and my laws. This appeared before in conjunction with Abraham in 22, in the sacrifice of Isaac. So which meaning, it's not free of charge that you obeyed and send an email, yes sir. No, the text to Abraham is because you have obeyed my voice. But here again, scripture decides to overbid. When it decides to overbid, it adds here. And again, remember, it's about Abraham, not Isaac. Besides obeyed my voice, it is expanded into a Torahic terminology, a terminology of the Torah. And these things, you're not going to hear until you get to the Torah. My charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So it's majestic, these, uh, this passage culminating with chapter five is uh, majestic, which means ultimately you are blessed because Abraham trusted God and obeyed him. Notice how I stress, I trust you. Okay, like for instance, at the end of the confession, the priest gives you a series of the, I trust you Father, bless. That's not enough. You trust his command. And that's why you have faith, which is you stressed in ipakui, in submission. I cannot repeat this enough because I am sick and tired and tired and sick of theologizing. Where you go to schools of theology, where you prepare the young people to become servants of Christ and the church. You should cross Christ. Just say, whatever you're doing and collecting money for in order that these people would serve your Church, which is the handicraft of your own hands. Cross out Christ. Serve the Church. You do not have this expression in the New Testament. The church serves God and his Christ. You do not serve the church. You serve it as Paul does when he preaches the word, to tend to it. So you have to be very, very careful about this expression of Abraham's obedience. For my hearers, let me repeat, you have it here in 26.5, overbidding what we heard already in Genesis 22.8, in conjunction with the sacrifice of Isaac. You notice that Abraham had to show God that he is obeying him. And then 6 says, very interestingly and Isaac dwelt in Gerar, very interesting. God told him "Gur, in this land and ultimately Isaac dwelt with Yashab, which is very powerful. He made this land of wandering his habitat. And again people, are still telling me, what do you mean, Father Paul, it's shepherdism and the Syrian word. Well, it is, my dear friend. It is when you get to know the exact meaning of each verb in the original language. I mean, let's hear it in Arabic, for those who know Arabic. You're using a verb that means to dwell and another word that means to dwell aside you know that jar in Arabic means the neighbor I mean it's very tricky but it is intended let me put it this way it is as though you're selling a citizen of Beirut to live in his house as though he is living in his neighbor's house but the apartments looks the same! But the difference is the next door apartment it is not your property. Now, this text is asking you to live in your own apartment as though you are living in the next door apartment. It's like when your sister Let's take Father Mark. If a sister tells me, okay, if you need, come and stay a few days in my house. She doesn't need to tell him. But make sure, Mark, that when you leave, the house is the way I left it before you came. Now, my hearers are smiling because they are thinking, but Mark is not going to do that. I don't care. I am saying to you that you have to hear the command of God as sounding in the same way because it is not yours. But Mark would stay a few days in his sister's house but here God is asking Isaac to remain all the time there and now you hear the story of his having to share it with his opponent, the Philistine, top opponent. Again, I know I can read Richard, but the Philistines will not appear again except in that. Ah, that's the trick. You don't get the full picture. And notice the name of the king is Abi Malik and I'm going to comment on the names of his two other helpers which are very powerful it's more impressive than Pharaoh and yet Isaac is forced by God to settle there and the only way to do it is remembering that the Adama is for both and through peace and that reminds me by the way of your podcast, the two of you, and I listen to it, sometimes I have to force myself to listen to you. And I did it when you spoke about the issue in Palestine, between the Israelis and the... See, it's right there. Okay? But here you could see the grandiose presentation compared to the story of Abraham that mimics, stupidly, his story in Egypt. Here you have a pressure, We have to settle, and the meaning of the oath of Beersheba and so on, and God's promise, and uh, it is an unbelievable text. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.